And I believe the new the FBI agent for the new series, uh, we couldn't remember her name before. And I thought it was something like Faith or something like that, but it's uh, like uh, Saga. That was uh, it. Yeah, Saga. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's just, I, I, okay. like that, that's the name. Uh, that's the so. name that they chose, and that's the name we're going to use. Hello, and welcome to Another Dead Pixel a podcast about video games, TV, anime, entertainment, uh, life, and everything in between. I'm your host today, Joe, and with me, the Jet Jetson of Texas. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, uh, I didn't re- really watch the Jetsons very much, uh, so I find it weird that people call me the Jet Jetson of Texas, but, you know, I guess I've deserved, I guess I've done everything to deserve the moniker. Um I don't really well, know to what be it honest, means. I actually flubbed that one. I'm just going to keep it uh, because it was uh, Jet Justice uh, was the name that came off the top of my head. And it's George Jetson is the guy from the Jetsons. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, fun fact that you didn't know the Jetsons either. So, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was like, uh, Jet Jensen, that's probably the Jetsons, something to do with the Jetsons. I don't know. Uh, I'm yeah, doing so, okay though, and uh, we could just uh, glide right past that. And uh, yeah, um, how are you, Joe? You mean you mean foam right past that? Uh, we'll talk about more about the uh, the your upcoming foam star uh, oh, addiction yeah, later. Foam stars, yeah, I've definitely not 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 uh, not excited about that anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm doing all right. Uh, been busy the last couple of weeks. Uh, last weekend uh, being uh, here in Chicago. Uh, of course, there was the uh, Mexican independence. And to celebrate that, I went to uh, a music festival called Riot Fest. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up getting to see uh, uh, a buddy of mine really wanted to see the Postal Service. Oh, wow. Um, a really, really tame group to see at a place called Riot Fest. Um yeah, I mean, granted, at the same time, roughly, I think Insane Clown Posse was playing at a far stage. Like, they kind of segregated them really far away, which is probably for the best, only because um, they'd probably drown out the surrounding, you know, stages. Uh, yeah, they had, like, Queens of the Stone Age and um, Death Cab for Cuties. And then, like, the only thing else that I cared about was, like, stupid early in the day. And so we had to have, we had to just kill most of the day, like, kind of doing nothing, but... I saw they had a half hour on stage bit of bowling for soup. And I'm like, wait, they're still alive? Um, I liked bowling for yeah. soup. I mean, they're ridiculous. <laughs> but man, those guys, like, those guys got to where they did in the, or in the mid aughts on pure talent and luck. Maybe like 10% talent and just like 90% luck. But. You know, you gotta. They had that one album, and it was actually pretty good. I mean, as like a pop punk, you know, sort of album, it was like it was all right. There was some definitely some some good songs on there. Um, yeah, it's funny because they they made the they made the joke saying, "All right, so you know, who who here wants to hear us play Stacy's mom?" And they're like people people in the audience are like, like that's not our song, <laughs> but they did a cover <laughs> could, of it. And, um, I know that would actually be pretty from, good. I would have liked to have heard that. They did a cover of um, "Flock of Seagulls." I ran, okay. and that was actually the U.S. ending. Or I'm, I'm not sure if it was in the Japanese version, but it was uh, Saint Seiya 
it was the like ending theme song uh and it was like for like like the old series it was just really funny so that's how I, that was one of the first experiences with them uh and yeah they knew how to pander to the crowd uh and for only a half hour set they only played like three or four, probably four songs one of which was the <laughs> two of um, them were not the their own Phineas and Ferb <laughs> how many songs and of I, theirs did they actually play uh, they played. They played like four songs, I think. Honestly, well, you um, named three songs that are not their songs. So, how many of their own songs do they actually play? Phineas and Ferb's theirs. Okay, <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, one. they they do the theme song to it. That's okay. actually that, that was that was the joke. Is like like yeah, what's our most fa- famous song? And then and then he goes, it's not 1985, you know. So they're you know, it's like and they started playing, and my buddy just looked like looked just confused that like half the audience like erupted, and I'm like. Oh yeah, I had to lean over like that's the Phineas and Ferb theme, and it's like I'm like I'm surprised I know that one, but I do. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Yeah, I mean that that whole concert sounds like uh you know like a mid aughts, uh, uh early two thousands. Those guys, those guys blindfolded, just thinking it like I'm like if you blindfold me and just had me listen to a bunch of random stuff, if I didn't know who it was, I'm like I think I'd have confused them with Good Charlotte too. <laughs> Uh, just it's, it's all about high school angst and like or that time frame in life and like they're still working on the career of we've never grown out of like high school being the best years of our life they they were definitely they were definitely uh not that they're definitely happier than good charlotte good charlotte is angry angst and uh and bowling for soup is uh oh Oh, freaking well, angst. Like, well, that didn't work out. <laughs> Just keep going. Um, but honestly, for, for a little half hour set, um, you know, it, it, unfortunately, there was no one who like sat on stage to play immediately after. But mm. they would have been a good opening act for someone else, I think, because they really knew how to uh, to work the crowd. Uh, and who it was doesn't... just funny because. Later on, it, later on, it was just like I said we had Death Cab for Cuties on one stage and the uh, one of the main ones, and then right next to them uh, afterwards was um, Queens of the Stone Age, and then it went back to the first stage again for uh, for the Postal Service. And so when it's the lead same lead singer for Death Cab and Postal, and they're like when he's he's up there the first time, he's like, "Yeah, we're like the most mellow pieces slices of bread to the." Uh, to the queen of the stone age sandwich here you know yeah man so, like yeah. the postal service that one song i still if the, if like in a quiet room i will still hear echoes of that song uh playing man that that they played that thing to death then what oh six oh seven i remember going yeah. to college and it's still just playing and playing and playing all the time yeah when i got out of the service I, that's when i heard i discovered them and that was funny because I'm listening and I'm almost like, I knew of them. I knew that they came out with one album and that's it. And they were supposed to be, you know, so as I'm listening, I'm like, the, the, I recognize the first song. I recognize the second song. By the third song, I'm like, I go over to my buddy. I'm like, I think I know this whole album. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, but my, uh, yeah, my wife had someone when she was her first year in uni, she, um, uh, one of her dorm mates had burned uh, the CD for her. And so that's so she had played that like in the car, I guess. And so I knew the album without knowing. I realized I knew the album. So all the sound sounds, all the songs sound the same to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. It was it was good. It's like if you want to like just something to like mellow you out. Uh, except for when they're talking about you know assassinating JFK, um, which is a really weird opener to a song. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was just uh. That is weird. No, that was. Uh, 
I is is it always felt really weird for and then to see him on stage talk singing. I'm like, wow, he's he's. I know that album, and he has gotten old, like, as everyone else has. Yeah, because you know? I mean, he was probably what probably mid twenties, early like mid late twenties whenever that album came out. It's been that gum fifteen almost twenty years. Well, dude, even Bowling for Soup, they're like, yeah, we've. It's like we finally made it to Riot Fest. It's only taken us twenty nine years. I'm like, wow, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they. I don't know. I don't know how old they were, but they looked like grown ass men whenever they were on MTV back in the day. <laughs> With yeah. the girl, all the bad guys want that. Yeah, man. I still listen to that every every great once in a while. I listen to Girl, All the Bad Guys Want. Um, <laughs> Dang, dude. 1985. Oh, you're taking me back, Joe. I had of the Stone Age. I had some friends that were really into them. I, I wasn't super into them, but but uh, I remember um, when that one of their, I think it was their first album that came out. There was quite a bit of hype to that. To I think it was their first album. Uh, well, they also they also were big in uh, rock band as well. Like oh, I, like that. There's quite a few songs that were very much staples in the groups that we played with. And so you would like I couldn't hear some of the songs without thinking of certain friends singing said song. See, so it's there's like, there's some bands that kind of made it. I mean, they sort of made it already, but then they really made it off a rock band because everybody was in high school playing that, and then in college playing that. And so it was like, yeah, I like. It's not even like you like it. It's just that you've heard it so many times, uh, and you've played it or heard someone else play it on rock band that you're just sort of like accepting of it. I also think it gave a lot of classic rock um, a extra boost in the arm because, you know, yeah. like most people wouldn't think twice about a lot of that stuff. And, you know, bands uh, other than you knowing who Ozzy Osbourne was from TV. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, remember the which, Osbournes that, that 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 TV show? Is that anything like that still on? Uh, probably. Hopefully, but, hopefully uh, not. When did Ozzy become an actor? 1985 comes to full circle. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh, yes, dude. Uh, it hurts. All right, that was that was that was my uh, that was last weekend for me, and uh, plus I I guess it's a thing that's native to Chicago. I just came, when I came back to the states, they were like every every time this year, they're like a lot of vehicles just having huge uh, Mexican flags rolling down for the entire month, or giant hood wraps, and uh, it's just it, it's um. Yeah, it's more than most Americans for the Fourth of July. That's for darn sure. Uh, so, yeah, it's just uh, everywhere you see it for the for the entire month. Uh, it's just that pride will be there forever, and it's just kind of funny because you're like, oh yeah, I guess it is coming up soon again. You know, when you start seeing hood wraps again, and you know, like like I said, multiple flags from a sedan or yeah. a coupe. <laughs> you're like, how are you strapping that flagpole? Because that sucker's going to come off right down the highway. <laughs> Right, fast, oh, yeah. huh? Wow. Okay. That's cool. No, no, it's just uh well, like I said, Chicago has they they celebrate uh Mexican independence pretty hardcore here. Uh Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh outside of that, what have you been playing, sir? Uh I got pretty far in Alan Wake. Um I just finished chapter five. There are six chapters in the main game. And uh, I don't I don't have any of the DLC. I don't know. I don't think I'll play any of the DLC unless you tell me I really have to. But um, yeah, uh, it's good. It's uh, I don't know how much I'll talk about it next time. Probably talk about the ending maybe or something. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the gameplay now. Um, well, I'll talk about the things I the gameplay. I, I like the gameplay, but I'll talk about some of the things I like the most. 
I like the atmosphere. Um, that has really, in the first chapter or two, I didn't really get a good idea. I mean, kind of saw what they were going for, but but they've they really they really stuck with the atmosphere, hardcore. It really reminds me of the X Files in a lot of ways, um, and uh, the flashlight stuff is is really cool. Um, and I'm just really excited to see what they're going to do with with all of that stuff that I just talked about in the second game because I feel like now they're going to have a lot better chance to nail all that stuff. Obviously, the remaster is good, um, but to kind of go into like a next-gen PS5, Xbox Series X game um, with Alan Wake and uh, the other lady who I, I forget the name of, um, I think it's, I'm, I'm actually way more excited for Alan Wake 2 now, obviously, than, uh, than I was prior. But I mean, like, how could you not after playing the first game and saying like, okay, like, what are they really going to do with this? But, um, yeah, the, 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 um, the combat I have learned to like, there are parts where I have gotten kind of stuck and it's been a little bit repetitive and I had to sort of cheese it or finagle it to get like, there was one part where I was like, I don't know if, I mean, I was like, I don't know if I can really do this. I had to dodge a bunch of, of ax swings and kind of just sort of got lucky and got to, uh, you know, a, a light post. And that, that was kind of iffy, but it didn't really take all that long. It was just sort of frustrating. I was like, well, okay. But for the most part, they, they, they set you up really well with, with the kind of weapons you need early on, I got stuck and got killed a bunch. And then, then I kind of realized, and I kind of powered my way through by luck again. But then I, when I looked back, I was like, Oh, I had like all these weapons and they're giving me plenty of weapons. So I just started letting loose and just like, I st- sort of saved the flare gun. Uh, but whenever I see like three or four enemies, I'm like, y'all, y'all going to have it right now. And I just unload that flare gun at least once and then see where it gets me. Um, so yeah, I, I like the combat more. It is a little bit like, I don't know, arena esque where you like, okay, here they come. Here comes the bad guys. And you got to like defeat them all. And then you walk and then you do like story and then, Oh, here comes the bad guys. Uh, so I think that could have used a bit more time in the oven. Um, and, uh, but, but I mean, overall, like, you know, the story started to escalate some, some extra characters. The sheriff is cool. Barry is cool. Um, the old lady. Barry, Barry is just, he hams it up in such a good way. Uh, bust out with those Christmas lights and I just the headlamp. Got, I just saw that. I just saw the, the Christmas lights and the headlamp. And I was like, that's a pretty good idea. Um, and then it's the, like the eye of Sauron. Did you just say, all right, can we take that back? Yeah. He's like, okay. I, I didn't say that. I, he's like, yeah, I think I would take that one back. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, the, it, the game is pretty serious. Um, it does kind of joke with itself a little bit though. There is one part where early on where Alan Wake says like he falls off of a, a cliff and he says uh, something like, I can't believe I've fa- already fallen off of like four cliffs or something like that. And I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Um, Cause it was like, all right, how many cliffs are, and then you just kind of continue to fall off cliffs, you know, as the game progresses. Um, so it's kind of silly for that, but definitely really enjoying it a lot. Um, I, I didn't know how much I was going to enjoy it. And uh, I figured that since you were 
so gung-ho about it and you had suggested it that it wasn't going to be a bad game by any means. Um, but I just didn't really know where, where it was going to go. And I have uh, settled in and I am really liking it a lot. Um, I haven't been sticking around for the night Springs episodes because some of the, the sound is really hard to hear over some of the game sound. Um, and so I was like, I guess I'm just going to have to go and watch this on YouTube if someone has pulled it or if, if remedy has put it up or something like that. So I kind of, I kind of regret not sticking around for some of that, but, um, but, uh, overall I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I only got the one chapter left. Um, and then I'll be ready for Alan Wake two, I guess. Um, and it's a, it's a good game. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Well, the, um, as far as the gameplay goes, yeah, it is a bit dated, but at the same time, it was pretty different for the time because it's one of those things that, well, how do you make it, um, you know, how do you make a game suspenseful without just making everything bullet spongy? And it's just like, that's the weakening mechanic. And I can still very distinctly hear the sound of the flashlight focus and then that, that like build up whine until you know they're about to, uh, that, you know, their shadow is about to pop and then you can, you know, they're exposed. And it's one of the things that once you like, if you have the sound up enough, or or you get used to the audio cues, where like you know you're about to get hit by an axe, or like or something's about to come. Yeah. So then, when you're surrounded, you know, I literally because uh, the field of view uh, is one of the things that I think it's fine because of the game style. You know, and what, you need a tighter field of view because you're trying to make it claustrophobic. So, uh, but when, like when you're like, oh, I'm about to be attacked, I'm gonna dodge downward. And then all of a sudden, sure enough, you end up dodging. There's like two, three guys just standing right on off screen, just just south of you. And then you you juke through them, and then you're like, all right, here we go. And that's when you like pop a flare or something, uh, you know. And getting the new upgrades for flashlights and stuff is always like uh, clutch. You know, it makes you feel so much. You know, like you get a little upgrade, and you're like, oh, that feels great. Uh, the thing that I despise is ever since this game, it might have been done beforehand, but it's that generator mechanic. Uh, I feel like every game has copied the same generator mechanic ever since then. Yeah, um, you do see generators in games it, a lot now. Yeah, uh, but though that uh, once again, I I truly really like that game, and it's uh, yeah, you're right about the X Files feel to it, but you know, it's it's very much uh, Twin Peaks. It yeah. doesn't even try to hide. You know, like you know, you have the lamp lady who is a one to one to the log lady. Uh, they meet in the diner. Like it's it is meant to be. Um, you know, an homage in that sense. Uh, and they do a good job. Uh, this, you know, the story's good. As far as DLC goes, um, I never finished the DLC. Uh, it was, it was very uh, arcadey. Uh, okay. It was, it was a very, or it was a different feel. I remember not really being as into it. It was one of those things that I always felt like I would get back around to it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it because they introduced a new element. I'm not going to say much without, because it's kind of like even just explaining the the antagonist portion like might be might be a spoiler right. uh but I, I feel like it might have a connection to the new bit coming up and so it's it's one of those things that it's not very long the dlc i mean it's it's very it's very doable in a couple of sittings from what i've heard uh so i might try to do that uh be, but you know just to see if i can bridge that gap um but no for sure the and i believe the new the fbi agent for the new series, uh, we couldn't remember her name before, and I thought it was something like Faith or something like that, but it's uh like uh Saga. That was uh, it. Yeah, Saga. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, it's just I 
I okay. That, that's the name. Uh, that's the so. name that they chose, and that's the name we're going to use. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, just last thing I'll say about about it is, um, it is a unique game. It is a game that they that they wanted to, like they made the game they wanted to make in the way they wanted to make it, and uh, the mechanics of it. You know, while some of the stuff is a little silly, the mechanics of it are really cool, and uh, it, it it fits itself really well. So I definitely enjoy at least that much of the game. Even if the even if the game wasn't as good as it is, even if the you know the gameplay itself wasn't as good as it is, which I think it is good. That at least would be uh, something that the game would have going for it is how much it's like, yeah, we just want to make this thing the way we want it. Yeah, the uh, like I said, uh, from this, you can see where they came up. You know, it's like because Remedy's uh, games up until this point were Max Payne 1 and 2, uh, and I think this was what came after. Right. Um, oh, and, wow. And then, so yeah, there was, you know, so they came from a, a heavy, an action heavy uh, background, and that's why the. Um, in this one, you know, they end up, uh, he's essentially, they make Max Payne, uh, he's the author of Max Payne, but he's not, you know, it's, they don't yeah. call it Max Payne at that time. Um, and I, I, but they also make fun of the, uh, uh cause when he meets the sheriff, uh, she's like, oh yeah, my father reads your books. Um, he's like, I think it's a little too like exposition heavy or something like that for my taste. Too many metaphors. And, and he's yeah, metaphors, like, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just. Uh, I think one of the Max Payne's quotes was like, you know, like a metaphor to the brain or something like that, like because you know, <laughs> or something like that. It's, yeah, and but it's funny because he's like, wow, no one's ever told me that before, you know? Yeah. Uh, so they they make fun of Max Payne in the series too, and once again, Sam Lake is in one of the video clips that you'll see of like doing like a like a late night like talk show. Oh, okay. Uh, and so you'll you'll see him there. So I'm I'm I want to know if they do some sort of reference because he is obviously going to be a main character in Alan Wake 2. So I'm just I'm wondering if they're just going to make any any hint at all for the fact that you technically showed up in the pre in the previous game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, totally totally excited about this one and I'm glad you're enjoying it too. So, cuz considering the fact that I've been harping uh, talking about this forever and uh so yeah, that's that's cool. That's good. Uh Yeah, I've played a lot and not gotten very far in Starfield. <laughs> uh it's yeah it's a kind of i just wanted to before dedicating myself to the main story and just kind of sticking to that because everything i've come across you know whether it's um reviews or people talking and stuff like that's like oh yeah you should totally just mainline the story up until like a certain point and then you can really it opens up for you i'm like all right cool well before i get like really the ball rolling let me just Knock out all. I want to. I was curious how many possible side missions there were in the starter area, and there's a lot. Um, and then I also wanted to check out. Like, let me explore. Didn't realize you can do it at first, but you, your starter, like you land on the major city of like New Atlantis, and in most of these kind of games, you're like, okay, well, this is all I'm here for. I hit the city, I visit the spots in the city, and I leave. Uh, but you can just straight up leave the city grounds and just wander in the wild. Uh, and the game auto-generates uh, new places for you to find, whether it be like a weird outpost, a cave, or something like that. And 
the previous location, uh, you you go you you literally go to stop at a little base, and I spent way too much time on that place too. Uh, was like because they land you right next to this base, and I'm like, yeah, instead of going right there, right next door to where my ship is, I'm just gonna go the opposite direction. Uh, you know, I had maybe a dozen, you know, less than that of different locations. I'm like around this map. I'm like, that's really cool. They they it's a really big space, and they provided you with just enough things to do. Okay. For some reason, I think my game's glitching because they're populating with way more than that previous uh, location. So when I pull up the map now, there are icons just everywhere, like littering my map. And I'm trying to scroll over to the city and it kind of stops partial, like halfway. And then I have to load to a cl- uh, like a spot to the far right of my map. And then I can finish, sc- go back into the map and finish scrolling to the right. And so that's... Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things I was like, yeah, I don't think they planned on someone like just wandering the lands. Uh, but because of that, I've and all the side quests I've done, I'm like level 13 in the very beginning. Uh, I've uh, I've I think I've mastered all the lock picking or at least I've gotten at least level three lock picking. I've gotten like level I've, I've maxed out my commerce. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I can I can barter for the best uh, selling and best uh, discounts. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> certain things you, like that. I was like, yeah, you this <laughs> this is sort of your M.O. though. Like you you have done this in other games where you sort of I mean, I, I think you've actually been said as much where you tend to get OP in a, in a small area and then just like bowling ball your way through a lot of the rest of the game. I think you're gearing uh, yeah. up for that. <laughs> so so that's that is an old you know, a true to form habit, but when it comes to like Bethesda games, I'm not sure how they do it in this one. I haven't bothered researching it, but they've, you know, they've done the uh, enemy leveling uh, scaling to, you know, to you. So I know that they started that with uh, Oblivion. Mm-hmm. And if it, in fact, if you did what I do did back then, depending on where you were, like certain missions would actually like block you out oh. because um, the enemies scale to you. But the NPCs don't, and if you have an escort mission, uh, and you're super high level, your uh, your escort is now nothing but like you know a one, uh, one a wet shot. tissue, yeah. yeah. And so then you know any of the enemies come by and they're just wrecking house, and you can never you know you'd literally stop yourself from completing story missions that way. Yeah. Uh, and so they're so it's one of those things that I don't try to like power level too hard in that sense because uh, there's. This game is meant to be played mul- multiple times through, from every, you know, and because they have a new game plus, so you don't necessarily need to unlock the entire skill tree in one go. So I'm looking at it as uh, I just got a few things that I wanted to get early on, and that now I'm gonna you know in the next little bit because now I've, I've officially done all the stuff I can. Uh, well, they're still they still like I said they're still populating icons and it's it's kind of crazy and I think it's like I think it's just bugging out for me. Um, but it's gotten me, like I said, so many levels early on. I'm going to go ahead and hit the main story, uh, and the rest of it should pr- cruise pretty nicely. I got um, and the thing is, now I have an understanding of the mechanics, but honestly, I shouldn't have stuck around as long as I did. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that my wife's also playing on the, on the Xbox, and I'm telling her, I'm like, all right. Don't bother wasting your time with this. Here's 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 my TLDR. <laughs> Just streamline this part for yourself. I mean, if you want if you want something good, here here's a few things for you. And yeah, it's it's been a fun fun play. But that's about it. There's there's not a whole lot else for me to say except for 
I'm super pleasantly surprised with this game because uh, mainly I expect it to be a broken mess. Um, as if you look historically, they, they usually are in, in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm actually that I think Bethesda made an announcement months ago. I remember seeing this because I thought it, I thought it was hilarious that it was going to be. They said uh, this is going to be our least buggy game uh, yet, and I was like, that's really sad when you have to make an announcement like that, but. It sounds to me like they've made good on the promise. Not that there are no bugs, but uh, that it is technically out the gate the best that they've done so far. So that's that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about that. Uh, let's see. We have quite a few little tidbits of news. Uh, so last week, uh, both a Nintendo Direct and uh, PlayStation State of Play happened. Uh, and currently, as we're uh, recording, TGS is going on. So TGS, there's still going to be some stuff that's probably not been covered yet. So uh, we might touch back on this next time around. But okay. we got we got at least some stuff from every a little bit of a little bit of everything here. So let's go with the Nintendo Direct, Nick. Uh, what are some of the things that you found to be interesting? So the first thing there, there's there's a lot in this Nintendo Direct that I was just like, eh, and I kind of skipped past on, on a lot of stuff, but. Um, the first thing I thought was kind of interesting was the Prince of Persia Lost Crown. Um, that looked pretty good. It was it's like a two D you know um, side scroller, and you fight bosses and stuff. And it, it just it looked it looked good and fun. Um, the the I should talk about the Mario and Donkey Kong thing. Um, that looked okay, but it just didn't really grab me. Very Dude, much. that's great, man! I'm, I'm like that was a great classic game. I believe it's a remake of the original, okay. uh, with some new ideas twisted in. And the or like the I don't know if you, the old games were a great uh, puzzle game, is what they were. Okay, uh, they made a couple of them. Uh, the the second the the latter one had like minion little like robot Mario's, so they're like lemmings essentially. So yeah. you got I, to, I mean, you know, I, but those I, games are phenomenal puzzle games. I got so the throwback one, aspect of it, but I just, I was just like, ah, I don't know. Like it just didn't really, it did, it didn't really, there wasn't anything about it that I really wanted to play. Um, but I mean, I know that's like kind of like the big, like the big thing, but, but I, I thought the uh, Prince of Persia lost crown looked okay. Um, not something I'm going to buy. I was like, okay, that that looks kind of nice. Like it'll be fun on Switch. Um, and then the next thing, it's kind of the, I guess the biggest thing of the, like the biggest new thing of the show, would be Princess Peach Showtime. This was teased in a direct a while ago, and uh, they they're coming out with it. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really know what this game is really about. Um, it, it, so it the trailer like, says that she goes to a theater. Theater's taken over by a baddie, and it's her job to save the theater. I mean, by, it's essentially by transforming. You got, a, yeah, she's she's now a stage actor. So so it's now it's now Kirby meets FF102, and she does wardrobe changes to get kind of different combat abilities. Yeah, um, it looks like a cute game. Uh, I think it's uh, there's a lot of charm to it. Yeah, I'm not gonna play it. And I realized, like, they, these games are really well-polished. They look really solid. I just realized I'm kind of demographic out of it. But at the same time, I'm thinking about my kids in the future. I'm like, these kind of games are awesome for them. I mean, maybe a Luigi's Mansion 
level of thing for Princess Peach is maybe too much uh, for what people would actually be willing to buy into that character for. But I, I was kind of hoping for something along those lines. Um, the the tidbit we got didn't look like it was going to go that far, but but something along those lines where it's like, okay, this is more, you know, fully fledged um, for Princess Peach and trying to really kind of, I don't know, like make it fun on Princess Peach's terms. Um, and I, I just, I don't know, I'm not really seeing too much of that. So I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll pass on that. Um, but uh, yeah. Did you want it to be more like Super Princess Peach was for the like DS or uh, like what did? Like I'm like Luigi's Mansion, like, okay. like like obviously not the same like horror or maybe or maybe sure, but just something like hey we're going down a particular path with a particular style of gameplay that is unique to this character for this franchise, and uh and we're just gonna we're gonna do something cool but with Princess Peach that's separate from the others. And uh, that's exactly what you described this game as like everything you just said, like this ticks all those boxes. I mean, no, it doesn't. It's, <laughs> it's not cool. <laughs> it's, it is in the same. It, it's like is Luigi has his mansion or whatever, a singular building. She's in a theater. Uh, she has her own unique game style gameplay and it's her own combat. By unique. I, I didn't mean like, I didn't mean like just different. I meant like good and like uh, i don't know enticing i didn't see anything about this game besides the transformations where i was like oh that looks like it would be fun to play um it just doesn't look like luigi's luigi's mansion for better or worse it it is a different and fun style it's like hey we're going to do this thing and it's totally it's cool and it's different and this peach stuff, it might be different, but it just doesn't really seem all that enticing to me. Yeah. Um, they are remaking, uh, they announced, uh, the Luigi's mansion to, uh, remake and that is like the weakest, uh, and unplayed, you know, Luigi's mansion out of the three, uh, this last, the, the third one that came out, uh, was received, well received actually. And I don't know. It's one of those things that, once again, you just the Princess Peach just may not be for you, man. But at the same time, I think they do enough where it's like it's for the kids that they're targeting. Yeah. This is gonna be up their alley. Uh but then again, I I remember when Luigi's Mansion came out and I thought that was just hot trash. Um yeah. there was there was no need for it to ever exist. And so but you're saying that was, that's cool. So I'm like, okay, good for you. I think um, it's I think it's I, I think the the gameplay because back when Luigi's Mansion came out uh, there was no Mario Sunshine yet. Um, and everybody was just like, why is there no Mario? Why are we getting this Luigi's Mansion game? And I think that it's kind of proved itself a bit more. Um, to oh, be yeah. Well, especially especially in hindsight, better. after Sunshine, you're like, well, we got Mario with a water pack, water jetpack, or we got Luigi with a vacuum. Let's do Luigi with a vacuum. Yeah. They've made two more of those games. How many times have you seen the, the water cannon come back? Not a single time. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, that was just cleaning up Nintendo's, Nintendo's uh, stuff. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, like, I... I 
I was just like, uh, I was hoping for something a little bit better. But thank you for reminding me that these are games for children. So maybe I'm not. I mean, I know you out of the two of us, you're the more hardcore uh, Switch fan. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's, so. there are some daggum good Switch games. Um, anyway. Uh, Speaking of which, one of the ones I'm looking forward to, I'm going to jump the gun here because uh, I am super stoked for uh, Super Mario RPG. Uh, they've showed more gameplay and it looks awesome. I'm. It does look like, great. It looks. It looks like I remember it essentially. Actually, I remember it looking like garbage too. But <laughs> it looks. No, it was. It, you know, you had like four pixels of a block, and you're like, you're like, I'm pretty sure that's what this is. You know, they have you know all these Easter eggs and <laughs> with low polygon count, and they look yeah. really good now. Like, it's. Uh, and they're going to. They're doing new dynamic. Uh, team group attacks now too which is a really new concept i was gonna ask uh, like there's some new there's some new uh concepts that they're throwing in there to kind of uh beef up and and fill out uh some of the the uh, mechanics right yeah uh so they've added a few new things into it but you know mostly it's it seems they're uh, holding true to form for a lot of it uh like i said the active um the active battle system is really great when you can you know, add an extra, you know, time your attacks to add extra oomph or to do, um, to, to add to your defense. If you block your, just at the right time. Uh, I know Mario has a, like a red turtle ability where if you time your jump, just right, right. When you land on the turtle shell, you can continually, you make another jump and the turtle shell hits the enemy comes back. And if you land it just right with the button press, you can rack up a huge combo, uh, and just mess up an enemy, uh, and that game was super awesome. It was way ahead of its time. It's uh, you know SquareSoft at the time at its like peak. Uh, it was yeah. you, know, you never expected Mario and uh, I mean, Mario in an RPG, and you never expected it to be that darn good. I mean, yeah, like that is like uh, I don't know, like the two perfect Venn diagrams of like mid '90s uh, Nintendo and mid '90s SquareSoft just coming together to create uh this amazing thing that we will never i mean we have this remake you know but that's not really the same thing we're probably i don't know i don't know what else would compare there's probably something else uh in, in like maybe the ps2 or ps3 era maybe P uh, ps1 something like that but but uh for that time period daggum that was that was a uh, really kind of a unicorn yeah, it really was. So, like I said, it just it looks great. Uh, not much else to say about that. Yeah. Uh, still super excited about it, and uh, I would really like to go back and play this one once once it's out. Yeah, I hope I hope that we both can. Um, for for me, there's one uh, that I wanted to mention: Eastward DLC. So Eastward came out like what two years ago? I feel like we had just started this podcast whenever Eastward came out. Still haven't beaten it. Uh, I know you're gonna make fun of me for that. That's fine. You uh, were so close too. I think I'm at the last boss. <laughs> I just uh, anyway. So there, it's this DLC called Octopia, and um, it, it's it's different from the main game. The style of gameplay from the main game. It seems a little bit like a uh, like a farm simulator, uh, Stardew Valley type. Obviously not to that level. I'm sure. But some kind of chill, um, you know, town simulator of of you and the girl, um, 
And so, and they even go out, go out of their way to say that like, you don't have to have the, the main game uh, in order to play this DLC. I could have, I could be getting that wrong, but I'm pretty sure they said you don't, you can buy this DLC separately. So it is a totally kind of different thing, but looking at the DLC for this game, I was kind of reminded of the reason I picked up Eastward in the first place, which is the, you know, the pixel art is just great. It's, it's really, really good. I don't know how they do that. I'm sure it's digitally done some, some cheater type of way, but it is really, um, it is really interesting. Um, and really just nice to look at. Um, so I am, it caught my eye. I'll say that I'm probably not going to buy it. Probably not going to, not going to get into it, but it is something that I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. But I'm also like, why did it take two years? I guess they're, I guess they just, it's so so different from the main game. Maybe it's kind of robust enough to sell on its own. But they had to take that long to get it out. But anyway, so I'm kind of kind of excited about that. And then you had some Eastwood more. Here. Only came out in. Um, well, let's see. It looks like it came out twenty one uh, right? September of twenty one. Uh, yeah, and then December of Xbox on 22. So that's why I, I remembering it when it re-released uh, to Xbox. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was going to get it on... No, I wanted to get it on Switch. Um, you I, did. Uh, and yeah, it's, I, I know that I think limited uh, limited run games still has a... Um, they have uh, pre-orders for like a collector's edition. And it comes with a bunch of crap. But I don't think they've ever... I think how it works is like once pre-orders are fulfilled then they go into production or something like oh. that. So that's why that's why it was like not enough orders or something. So it's still up, I think. Um, or they're doing a second run, and I just missed the first time around, could which be could it. be possible because the, the base physical edition, I think, had gone gone out. Um, but yeah, no, the... Uh, you talked really highly about this game, and I don't know, it's one of those things that you're like, well, I never got around to finishing it, but I'm like, that's because if it's an RPG, like I have this, I have a habit with the old, old school RPGs of not ever getting around to finishing them or coming really close and just getting distracted. But at the same time, it's like you don't want that good story to end if you're enjoying yourself. Mm. But now you know that there's DLC, so go ahead. You have permission to go finish that game. I have uh, permission. Close that chapter of your life and move on. Um, yeah, you feel I mean, better for it. Yeah, that that might be that might be true. I mean. There are, I don't want to go all the way back into it, but there were definitely some problems, some things I looked at that game through rose-colored glasses with, and I listened to a podcast, and somebody was like, they said some stuff, and I was like, they're right. That game is is crap for this reason and that reason. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so there's some other stuff that, uh, you, that you had on here too, right, that you thought was interesting? Yeah, well, you're talking about, like, you know, um gameplay that looks amazing so one of the things that does look pretty awesome is going to be uh the unicorn overlord it's a atlas produced uh and it's the new vanillaware game uh you got tactics based uh you know old school looking game and it looks phenomenal uh it's there's not really much else to really go on uh they have a, a little decent trailer and it's just if you like tactics style uh it should be right up your alley once again, Villaware makes solid stuff. Uh, they're they may not be for everyone, uh, but they're they're they have a pedigree of quality at least. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and they do they kind of go they kind of do a little bit of everything. You know, uh, I think uh, was it 
Dragon's uh, oh great, no, I was gonna say Dragon's Dogma because that was that was announced on a different uh, on the PlayStation thing, I think. Uh, but it was the um, goodness, there was a, it was like a side scroller beat 'em up, and I'm I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head. But they they did an excellent job with that game. Uh, they do. Um, I think they had Odin Sphere as well. Oh and, yeah. I mean, art art so wise, they're they're that's 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 a good good looking game. Yeah. yeah. So it's once you know, uh, I I think this will be a, a solid entry in you know another game to their catalog. But at the same time, it's uh, I don't have the time for tactics games. I've tried like last couple tactics games I've come out, I've kind of tried, dabbled in, and I'm just like I've kind of bounced off just because. There gets to a certain point where like the difficulty ramps up, and I'm trying to learn the mechanics, and I just, I don't know, it's just one of those things I can't sit and play the one level for an ex- excessive amount of time. I say that, and yet I have yet to leave the first major city of, um, you know, Starfield. So, but at, at the same time, I feel like I'm doing something else there. I'm at least I'm not stuck in the same battle as yeah. Like, when you're in a like uh, a tight know. loop like that on like a tactics game where you're just on the same level. Like that's kind of what killed me about um, about that uh, Into the Breach game years ago. Um, great, great, great game. But like, uh, I just kind of I guess every level is a little different because it's uh, procedurally generated. But just uh, some of the stuff in it, just kind of the repetitive aspects of it, did wear on me a little bit. So I know what you're saying there. Yeah, I mean, in games like uh, was it Triangle Strategy and stuff like that, it's uh, I enjoyed them. Uh, they're awesome, but at yeah. the same time, I just don't have the time. Uh, the other another game that came out that I'm super stoked about is uh, uh, they're calling it Another Code, uh, which is for me it's Trace Memory. Uh, Trace Memory was a uh, adventure game on the DS, uh, story based off of a girl getting a letter from her father, so she goes to. Uh, like Blood Island or something like that to go to go find him, and it's just a it was a DS adventure game, so like it like kind of reminded me of the old PC games like um, Monkey Island or like Mist or something like that where you're just wandering to different locations, you have puzzles to solve, and the puzzles were really fun. Uh, I'm especially around that time on the early DS, I was a huge uh, I liked a lot of puzzle games, I still do, and it was that's why I was talking about the uh Mario versus Donkey Kong I think that might have been on the Game Boy Advance but like those kind of games were really fun uh this one had really unique gameplay for the DS uh you know they had new gimmicks that weren't used ever before uh or at least I hadn't seen them at that point it was before uh other games like uh Legend of Zelda would copy some of these mechanics but like uh you needed to uh clear off your screen in order to clear off your screen you'd have to blow into the mic and then the screen, the like leaves or sand or whatever would blow off your bottom screen and, cl- and show you the image beneath it. Uh, or they'd have like you know, a couple of these little DS gimmicks and the story was pretty solid, uh, you know, like visual novel esque, you know, so it's pretty much paint by numbers. It's you go do the puzzle, you know, move forward. It's not very difficult. It's a pretty linear game. But once again, the puzzles were solid. Uh, so this is also coming out. So apparently I, it must be. I'm wondering if the uh, the name of Trace Memory in J- uh, Japanese uh, release was another code, but this is coming in with the first game and the sec the sequel. Mm. The sequel was a Wii game that was uh, never brought to the U.S., uh, so that's neat. Uh, you know, I'm actually pretty interested in this. Uh, you know, once again, not really sure if I'll, I'll actually get around to getting to it, 
but it looks good. Um, they you know they've obviously updated the look of these games, and especially the first one. I'm curious how they're going to change some of those mechanics because the first one was uh, DS, second one was the Wii. So at least a lot of the Wii stuff, you might be able to finagle some of it if you wanted to do like Joy Cons or something, you know. Uh, but I'm not 100 percent sure how they're going to change up the gameplay for that then. Uh, except there has to be a couple of joy, uh, like Wii Mote specific, like you know, uh, gimmicks or something in that game, uh, much like the DS specific gimmick. So I'm not really sure what they'll do. Uh, you can do some of that mic stuff uh, with the DS, probably. Um, you know, I'm not sure. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, th- that was a pleasant surprise. And then uh, I think it was the Japanese. Uh, it was on the Japanese direct. They uh, mentioned. Um, Stray Children. So Stray Children is uh, was from uh, Onion Games, and they're most noted for doing Moon. Uh, Moon is a, a classic RPG, uh, kind of infamous in a lot of ways. Cause it never came out fan dub this and that. And then they they had re- they recently remastered it not that long ago, and so this is like the game from them, and it looks neat. Uh, it's very unique in its art style I don't, it may not be for everyone and so it's more they're getting a lot of hype because of how classic uh moon is so it's you know it's gonna i hope it lives up to people's hype <laughs> people are so like just uh expecting a lot from it just based off of the fact that oh yeah it's the same team blah 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 I'm like, dude, you're going to kill this game with your expectations right off from the jump. So I hope it kind of meets meets most of the expectations, I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, it could it could be the next like, you know, massive thing like Undertale or something just kind of quiet out of nowhere. And then boom, just crushes, you know, makes changes the uh, dynamic. Who knows? Uh, but you know, once again, uh, if you ever get a chance to play Moon, uh, do so. Unfortunately, Nick already had some of it spoiled. So be careful for... Uh, if you ever search for information about it, be careful. Uh, there might be heavy spoilers around the corner. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, that those are mostly the ones that I was super into. Um, yeah. Anything else that re- you really remember from the Nintendo Direct that you wanted to talk about? I was just going to say that the uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door Remaster looks good. Um, not going to play it, but uh, but it does. Uh, they're showing it again, and it it uh, it does look very nice. Um, but yeah, so we can go on to uh, the next thing. Sure, yeah, and that would be the uh, state of play. All right, so yeah, that that one had a had a um, strong is maybe not the right word, but an interesting opener for that. Uh, yeah, so they open up with a game called Baby Steps, where it seems to be some sort of like like I don't know. It's funny. It's it's hard to describe though, but you're basically this guy that's like face down and you have to make him walk. And apparently the mechanics of making him walk are pretty difficult. Um, looks funny. looks fun. looks silly. Uh, it's a tra- trailer you should check out at least um, just to see what's really going on there. So uh, one of the names I saw in the credits uh, and is um, Bennett uh, Foddy and most infamous for Qua. Um so this is a you know this is a 2008 and it is a all it was is a, you're a, a track runner. Oh is it the same use, guy? Is it really? 
Yeah. Now it makes sense. So I was gonna say it that makes, it, game. It's, yeah. it's a three D. It's three D Quop is what it looks like. And when so, uh, but Quop was you used a uh, QWOP uh, to move parts of the limbs of the legs, yeah. and so you had to put it, move them in order for them to make steps. And the faster you went, the faster this person could run. Uh, and then a handful of years later, uh, they made uh, Get Over It, which was. Uh, kind of a little like indie weird gem that people like really liked for a hot moment. And that was, um, I'm trying to remember how it worked. It was like, you're a guy who's in a cauldron or something like that. And so his upper torso has like an ax or something like that. And you're, you're, you had to use funky mechanics to tumble head over heels to move forward. And you'd have to go up uh, hills and stuff like that. And so you're getting over like the hill and such, yeah. uh, hence the title. Uh, and it's trying to get to a certain distance. You know, you're, that's that's what these games were. Is like see how far you can get um, beforehand. So, yes, uh, you know, because the the movement mechanics are so clunky and weird. It's like Surgeon Simulator or like uh, Octodad, um, where the the half the fun and is just laughing with friends at how stupid you look and how you're screwing up the you know the jank. Uh, and yeah, so it's. Uh, it's an interesting one to start your show with, but I guess if you put it anywhere else, it's a weird spot to, you know, you wouldn't end with it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a good attention getter. If not, yep. Just, just for how weird it is. Yeah. Um, they talked a lot about that grapple hook for a hot minute. And I'm like, it just, it's a very dry, weird humor. Uh, yeah. so, yeah. but I think it'll, I think it'll be popular with uh Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's for darn sure. So, um, then, uh, then there's a, Sorry, I was going to go ahead and move on if that's okay. Go right ahead. No, for it. Uh, Ghost Runner 2. I didn't play the first Ghost Runner, um, but I thought Ghost Runner 1. So Ghost Runner 2 looks like to be uh, some kind of a first-person shooter-esque type game, at least a first-person game. Was the first Ghost Runner first-person? Yeah, they're runner games. Okay. Uh, so think um, Mirror's Edge, but more uh, violence. Okay. And in sci- and, uh, cyberpunk background. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, the 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 reveal trailer that was at one of the other showcases uh, for something else was like the them going outside the tower, like the giant you know corporate you know construct tower, and the motorcycle busting through the window and then driving straight down. Uh, So that's one of the mechanics you'll get is in this one is a motorcycle at some point. Uh, But yeah, it's it looks the 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 first Ghost Runner was uh, amazing looking and. This one is most definitely going to be equally parts amazing and probably like it was a very addictive game. I only played a little bit of it. I have it on my PlayStation and I think uh, PlayStation Plus had given it out for free at some point. Mm. Um, so yeah, the this one, a lot of people are anticipating uh, equal good things about it. So if you like the first one, you'll probably like this one. All right. Uh, I'm super stoked about uh, they showed uh, more of Resident Evil 4. Uh, in uh, for PS uh, VR two, and uh, they actually announced uh, you know releasing in winter. Uh, so that's uh, it's interesting that they're getting that they're trying to aim for the winter time frame. Uh, which then I I automatically uh, being a skeptic that I am be like oh yeah okay cool first quarter next year Roger that um, yeah. But th- they show they show some good gameplay. Uh, they show you fighting the Kruger fight with uh, doing knife combat, so that'll be that'll be interesting. And yeah, it's uh, 
you know, the El Diago fight uh, when you're on the little boat trying to fight the giant uh, sea monster. That's a giant salamander, I think. So that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, I'm really excited about it. So, yeah, that's one of the things. Uh, it's like they didn't really announce a lot of PS VR 2 stuff. And but a lot of people that they have high hopes for this, especially after uh, Village. Village is uh, touted as one of the best uh, best PSVR two games out currently. So uh, they all right. So what else do you got on the docket here? Uh, Tales of Arise, Beyond the Dawn. Um, I played Tales of Arise for maybe two hours, um, a little over a year ago, and uh, I really wanted to like that game. But getting into it, it was just very clear that it was not, it was not for me. Um, the story was all right, you know, starting out a little, I, I wasn't totally crazy about it. And then I got into the gameplay and I just, it just didn't really, it just didn't really do it for me. Um, but they're making a, some kind of sequel. I think it's a Bandai game. Uh, it is an anime, it is just an anime style RPG. Um, and uh, anyway, I just wanted to announce that it is that uh, Beyond the Dawn is this next one, and uh, it is being made. It looks like it's um, coming right off of. Not that I know too much about the first one, but it's it looks like it's coming right off of the the first one because it it's starting out with a bunch of characters that I'd never saw, but seem to have been introduced throughout the play of the first one. They make the comment of the gangs back together again or something like that yeah. so it's um yeah the the first one had some mad reviews like it was really well received yeah and i think maybe you should go back to it because when you played the first one you weren't about the anime but now you're more about the anime so maybe you can tap into your inner weeb and really you know just go at it yeah and there was some stuff that was like shown later that i had seen uh, where I was like, oh, that looks cool, looks cool, but um, something about the combat really, it, it didn't really grab me, and it was just, the story was kind of slow, and I don't know, I, it, it, I had just been playing a bunch of Nier, uh, that Nier, um, uh, Replicant? Replicant, yes, Nier Replicant, so I think I had, I had kind of gone through that not too long before, and, um, for some reason, it just didn't really catch me uh, quite quite right. But I don't know. I'll think about it. There's a lot of other stuff to play, um, new stuff and old stuff. I mean, I should I should go back and play. Uh, should go back and try to finish up uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I still have like, I think I'm like freaking sixty hours into that game, and I think I have like another twenty to go before I could be done. Anyway, you can just be done done with that game whenever you want. I know. I mean, just, you know. I can. Uh, but as far as um, as far as the uh, uh, Tales games, uh, they've been Bandai for I don't know forever, but they've been Bandai since Symphonia, I believe, on the right. GameCube. Yeah, I forget um, this is all a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just an you know, um, and so yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that like I'm sure it'll be it's just fine. But since I didn't touch the first one, yeah, you know, they make quite a few sequels nowadays uh, to their ser their franchises. So. Since I don't touch the first one, I'm not going to touch the second one. Uh, but speaking of games, I'm not going to touch. Uh, but I think it's meant just for you. Uh, Avatar. Yeah, Damn. that's right. Uh, for Tears of Pandora. Uh, as as our resident 
um navi export or uh navi like as they kept on pronouncing it, like the hard syllable break uh throughout the entire trailer uh like a dozen times at least through from the start to finish um yeah this is just meant solely for you you can really get the most bang out of your james cameron buck uh, play this for 60 hours i'm pretty sure uh yeah <laughs> so you were you were you were uh threatening me with this joke before the podcast and uh so thank you for i guess waking me up and tossing me my sword um uh yeah this game and as i said then i'll say now i took i did watch like about 30 seconds of this or i don't know a tiny amount i don't even know how long this uh this uh trailer or whatever this thing was for but i watched a little bit of it skipped through it and i was like okay it it is a graphically pretty good looking game um didn't see too much of a hud uh, i guess they're trying to hide that um looked pretty pretty okay just just the very bottom edge of okay um and i skipped on you don't you don't want you don't want to learn the story about how this girl's abducted and raised by the by the bad guys and how she learns to discover herself through re-entry to the clan and all that stuff i have no idea about anything that's happened in avatar since after the first movie i'm good uh i'm good i'll just wait for the movies to come out and uh enjoy those um or not enjoy those as uh as i will uh you 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 really talked highly of that second movie so that's why it was pretty good and like that's pretty good. Three movies in one. That's that's. The, I mean, I could actually, I can actually point to uh, Abyss, Avatar One, Avatar Two, are definitely three major chapters where the movie totally takes a turn. It doesn't matter. I don't care enough to argue about it. Uh, I'm probably wrong. I don't care. Um, so yeah. Uh, we can be done okay. with this with this avatar conversation. All right, and uh, real quick, touch base on a few others games. Uh, we have Helldivers Two. Uh, I don't know if you ever had a chance to play the first Helldivers. We talked about this. Yes, I did play a little bit of it. Okay, not as much as you did, yeah, I, obviously, but I did play a tiny bit on Vita. I think. Yeah, I, that's where well, I was on Vita. Yeah, never mind. I ended up playing it on um, on con on the uh, PS. Yeah, PS4, uh, and that was that was a perfect game to play at a hotel when we had to pay for their internet service, and it was we played with some other buddies. Uh, but that game was uh, addicting and stupid, a uh, lot a lot of confusion, and a lot of fun. But the big changes uh, from the isometric view to a third person view, uh, and they showed a lot of the different like some of the different combat styles. Apparently, one of the guys has you know essentially uh, like a rocket launcher. And the other dude is just like his his you know uh, ammo mule, so he's just like yeah you need to like load me up and so he's just taking ammo from him and loading the other guy uh, as he's firing. So I'm like that's an interesting loadout. Uh, is that guy ammo for everybody or is that just one of his secondary like traits? He's like yeah I'll carry your ammo for you. Um, yeah so like because that takes another gun out of the field if you're just loading him up the entire time. Uh, but yeah that that should be a fun game. Uh, see, we got Spider-Man 2. They talked more about that. Uh, showed more of the traversal system. You get to now do uh, Queens in Brooklyn. Yeah. And 
that's that's a big you know it's like you know double the land mass from the first essentially um Not they're quite, doing uh, close, yeah. yeah so you end up getting um uh you know a lot of people are really excited about the the switching back and forth very uh, gta 5 in, in essence where you pull back out see the map and then zoom into someone else um so that's that'll be fun uh, didn't know um, if you had anything else you wanted to say about that. I did. I, you know, I'm coming around and uh, I, I'm getting in the mood to play this game. Um, I'm definitely not going to play the first one. Uh, I'm just not going to spend the time on that. I know it's great. I know it's good. But I don't want to play two of these games. I kind of just want to play this one. I may not. I may not buy it. Uh, but, you know, every time I see it, I'm like, dang, that does look like a good video game-ass video game. Um, I like, uh, I, I, I like everything I see about it. I always kind of like Spider-Man. Um, and I'm actually, uh, you're about to mention Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, um, that, uh, you know, they talk more about that. And between Spider-Man 2 and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I, like right now, I would be way more inclined to play Spider-Man 2. Um, it just seems like, it just seems like it'll be a cool, fun, like, turn your brain off and just have a good time kind of game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I really like uh, Spider-Man and the miles uh, standalone content. And so this is going to be, you know, I'm a huge insomniac fan. Uh, I play pretty much. I try to play everything they do uh, of late anyways. And so, yeah, I think this will be fine. I think this will be, you know, there's, there's no reason to think that this is going to be anything short from an awesome game. And, uh, so yeah, th there's not really much else to say about that. Looking forward to it. Yeah. The uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, they showed a lot more of that. Uh, you know, you get to ride a Segway now. So, woot. Um, <laughs> it looks like the Coastal del Sol region. Uh, they showed the Junon cannon firing. They showed they, they talk about the weapons. Uh, you know, you get to see uh, uh, Chocobo climbing mountain and stuff like that. So they, they that means the, the Chocobo breeding's in there. You have the um, gold saucer stuff like that. So the, they've actually done quite a lot. Uh, they've added to this game. I think originally they were talking about this new series being done in three entries, and at first it didn't seem possible because they only did Migger, and which is such a short part in the the game as a whole. Um, but now you can look at it and be like, yeah, totally. If they've come, if they've put in this much into what what should be into the second one, they could theoretically be done by game three. Um, yeah. whether or not I actually play this one, I'm not sure. Uh, I never played the integrate, the additional DLC stuff that they came out with for final fantasy, uh, the seven remake, uh, which apparently has a lot of good story content. Uh, I just, there was something about it that the remake, it was just lacking for me. Uh, I kind of, I played it just to see what it was all about. They are changing enough in it. So they're kind of doing like the Evangelion, um, one point one colon like you know one one deal where like we're going to take to retell the same story but throw in just enough tweaking in it and then by the end make it a big enough difference i think because they've really started hinting more or showing more of the um past characters and stuff like that which you never really got much uh facetime and so they show like zach that's not really a spoiler uh especially if you've if you haven't played remake um or if you haven't played the original series then i don't care uh, then you're not paying attention to this anyways. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, they're showing more of Zach. Uh, and they hinted at him a little bit in the, in the first game, which obviously in the, the OG, you wouldn't find Zach until far later. Um, so yeah, they're really, uh, I, they're going to, I think they talk about different worlds at some point too in the trailer. So it, once again, it might be a merging of like, you know, a multiverse type of thing. I can, I can see them trying to pull something like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how this one plays out. I'm curious about it, but at the same time, part of me just wants to wait for it all to be done because they'll they'll come out with the, you know the final game. And I swear, what the, I, I'm 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 almost willing to bet money that they're going to re-release the first game, but re-release it with the new graphics and everything for the PS5 because originally it was meant for the it was built on PS4 tech. Yeah. Because the 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 new um, so you were able to. They released this, uh, uh, and depending on how you saw this, you might have seen this at uh, 1080p 30, but you could have also, depending on where you saw it, saw it at 4K 60. Um, so if you watched it at 4K 60, it looks awesome. It really does. It, yeah. it looks phenomenal. Um, so they kind of have me sold on all that, like that kind of stuff, and they showed yeah. enough weird side story things, and I'm like, cool. They really got the got a lot of that down pat, but because they're throwing in a lot of weird side events. Um, you know, you're you have Hojo with the clones or whatever, and uh, he 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 already makes reference to Cloud uh, in a, in certain ways. I'm like, okay, uh, we'll see how this like they're going to do enough in new and interesting stuff. Is what I think it is. So it's almost like a companion piece to the original game. Uh, but I kind of want to wait till the last game's out, and also, I swear they're going to remake that first game. They're going to be they're going to they're going to remaster it. it. I mean, they've probably Rem- got Rem- the Final Fantasy Remaster Remake or Final Fantasy Seven Remake Remaster. Yeah, RR. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, and they're going to repack it. They're going to repack it all all three games before the PS5 is done. It's going to be all three games packed together to buy in one glorious uh, collector's edition that you're not going to be able to get unless you pay, you know, six hundred dollars or three times the normal price for on eBay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, it like, so that's just, that's impressive on its own. But at the same time, um, I feel, I don't know if I can the same. In. I feel the same. Yeah. So um, yes, but if you had to pick, if I had to only pick one, Spider-Man's the way to go. Uh, it's, I think it's a more complete package in a smaller box. Uh, and it, that looks interesting. So, yeah. All right. That's about the last of the state of play stuff. Um, and real quick, uh, TGS, like I mentioned before, going on right now. Uh, just a couple quick minor things to talk about on that front. And so I'll let, uh, let you take it away, Nick. Yeah, uh, first trailer I wanted to mention is one called Beast. It's a medieval turn-based strategy game with metal music, um, uh, which uh, stands out. Um, it, has a, it also has a, a, a pretty, I don't know, pronounced story the story seems to be you know in cutscenes and stuff like that um it's kind of weird didn't really understand everything that was going on there but uh looks looks kind of irreverent um i don't know anyway just sort of a sort of a weird weird little game uh not really sure what to make of it but looks kind of cool i guess um next thing is a uh, hotel barcelona this is uh, by Swery, and also Suda51 is involved in this as well. Um, so yeah, this is a some kind of a it's 
it's like a campy slasher or it's inspired by campy slashers. It's a 2.5 D roguelike, some kind of loop based game. Um, you fight enemies and then it seems like they made quite a bit, uh, to do with the bosses. Um, the, it's definitely very, it's definitely weird and it definitely doesn't look good. It doesn't look like a, it doesn't look like a really well polished game. Um, but I think that's par for the course with sweary is, uh, he makes games that are weird instead of good. And that's good in and of itself. So, but this one doesn't really look like it's doing too much interesting to me. Was Swery the one that made that game where you, where you have to dismember yourself in order to get through levels? Do you remember that game that came out a couple years ago? Five years ago? It was probably a while ago. Um, it's not, I'm drawing a blank on so just one. just real quick, I think it's sweary, but like it might have been one of the other guys that are pretty similar. You're a you're a feminine looking person um that I think is trans, but I could be wrong. So just anyway, you're a person and you're looking for your significant other and you have to like go through levels and then but like there's also there's always like a buzzsaw something that's going to kill you or something but it just chops off your limbs or something. And you have to take, sometimes you have to take the requisite amount of damage in order to be able to fit through. Like you have to have your legs chopped off in order to fit through a, a, a small space and then, or like everything chopped off except for like one arm in order to fit through a small space. So you can turn a lever so that you can finish that level. Anyway, that that was really weird and unique and not something that I really wanted to play, but I was like, that is definitely very different take on uh, sort of that style of game. So this game, all that is to say, this game, Hotel Barcelona, doesn't really seem to be doing anything quite like that, though once I get into it or once someone talks about it and I hear about it, maybe... Uh, I will be proven wrong, and there is something uh, extra weird going on. Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think of the game you're talking about, and uh, I've the only game I can think of is an, a much older game where it was uh, about you getting dismembered and your head rolling around or some crap, and it was it wasn't a very good game. And I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that one too. Yeah. Um, but what Suda is noted for is. Um, he was uh he did the, no like the cat that cat game oh, the okay. good life oh, okay uh you're like a photographer go to your island um also the uh twin peaks inspired deadly premonitions um right so okay. you know the game that is famous for not only copying twin peaks but also being one of the most janky pieces of garbage um and it's hilarity because of all those things yeah. um you have um and d4 was also a big one where it was like a I think it was an Xbox game. Uh, it was supposed to be like a series of games, but they only made the one. Right. Uh, very over-the-top dramatic, you know, like acting, uh, as it were. Who, um, who did No More so, Heroes? Uh, no More Heroes? Uh, Is that not Suda? Was that, um, that could have been Suda. That wasn't Swery. Um, or wait, hold on, give me a second. Um, yeah, because that might have that might have been Suda, uh, No More Heroes. Uh they let it die. That uh, free to play game was his. Uh, was his, uh, and also was Goichi Switch Seven, I think. Uh, Goichi Suda. 
Yeah. 51. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's, uh, that, yeah. that is uh, pseudo 51. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because uh, I know the. It's uh, a cool name. Ended up doing. Yeah. There's a, quite a few. Both guys, the fact that they're collaborating something, that's a big hype piece because they're both unique in their own ways. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, Killer 7 was one of the all-time just weird games especially for the gamecube it was just like i can't believe this thing came out on the gamecube it is so at the time super edgy but also just um very much a 17 you know like 17 plus game yeah. <laughs> it's just like on the family gamecube there wasn't like it was that in resident evil like was part of the um capcom 5 or something like that uh, or it was that there was um uh piano one 106 or something or 105 they like some music rhythm game killer uh killer seven resident evil and there was like one other game that might have beautiful joe might have been a part of that uh, and then there was supposed to be like there might have been one other game that was supposed to come out as part of this package and that and then that never came to fruition but yeah it was it was a stellar game back then uh the other more recent game was like killer is dead uh was very it was also a suda game so no, it's uh, there's going to be a lot of hype to this game. Uh, those who are fans of either of them, this is kind of like uh, if you got two of your you know favorite directors who do weird stuff to like to hang out together, um, you know I don't know I I can't really draw an analogy right now, but like if you had a Tarantino and someone else who did like a lot of splatter, a lot of like you know uh, like Tarantino and Guillermo del Toro, you know both weird in their own right, and they'd make out something super potentially super awesome um so yeah <laughs> that would be weird that would be really cool and strange but you're right yeah yeah so that's that's the that's like off the top of my head real quick that's something that that'd be a mashup that would be similar to this in theory okay. uh how much how much they're actually helping or collaborating who knows uh but yeah for sure um i didn't actually uh dive into i didn't see the trailer for this so i didn't actually know much about it so okay cool thanks for bringing that up another one um is uh my lovely empress uh which is a dark romance strategy game so like apparently like you're so you're a dude and this is ancient china and the empress dies and you're her lover or or king or whatever and so you have a choice to either work on figuring out how to resurrect her or move on with your life and become like the, the, like become the ruler or something like that. So, so that's where like the, like the romance comes in is like, you're romancing other people in other kingdoms in order to consolidate power and all that stuff. Um, and that's kind of where the dark part of it comes in. Cause like, what will you stay true to your love or will you not? And then there's also a lot of like, I say strategy, but it's like sort of like city builder type strategy stuff where you're moving things around and strategizing, but in order to keep your kingdom running smoothly. Um, it uh, has a pretty good art style, I think, uh, which a game like this would definitely need because there's not a whole lot of action going on on the screen, a lot of reading, um, a lot of thinking. Um, but but I saw this trailer and I was like, okay, this is a definitely kind of a sort of an interesting looking thing. Probably won't get it, but it caught my eye at least. Uh, yeah, um, I 
there was there wasn't much else that really struck me about this. So, I yeah, it's one of those things that you know, just like you know, it looks interesting. Keep your eye on it, but you yeah. know, just pass it along. Um, but the next one you have, uh, a lot of people are excited about. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma two. Uh, looks nice. Looks good. I'd like. I, I didn't really see much of a HUD. Uh, I, I'm always concerned about the HUD because they try to hide that um, to make the game look a little bit more aesthetic. But um, but uh, I think it's uh, a good HUD is not unesthetic to me, and it's uh, very informational. But anyway, um, they kind of showed you know sword and board guy, magician, and a couple others. Um, and, uh, didn't play the first one. I think you did though. Um, so it, it looks, it looks good. Um, probably won't play it, but, uh, definitely looks like it'll be a pretty game on my PS5. Yeah. The, uh, no, the first one was fun in, in its own right. Uh, I had such a bad time with it as, as to say, I was not good at it at all. Uh, <laughs> terrible at the game, but I, I actually, it was, it was some good times. You got to they had some multiplayer aspects in there too. So hopefully they'll carry, they'll improve the multiplayer gameplay, or at least I'm hoping they're going to continue with multiplayer. Uh, Cause that was cool. Um, this is, uh, I'm, they also came out with an anime a handful of years ago on Netflix. Not really that good. So don't waste your time. Uh, just yeah. PSA on that one. Um, I mean, it's not bad. It's not like really bad, but it wasn't really anything good. It's not really, yeah, you're not missing out. Um, but yeah, that's uh, just so people were waiting for Dragon's Dogma two forever now. Uh, I feel like that have that they've been chopping at the bit for a great long time, and getting that much closer to being out and up, out and about. So that'll make a lot of people happy, unless if it's terrible, then it's gonna you know fear the wrath, right? <laughs> very angry. Yeah, that's true. So um, the last right. game on here is uh, one called Nivalis. It is a uh, first person. Noodle shop management mystery in a cyberpunk setting. Um, it is all those things. It seems like it'll be a slow burn um, as a good cyberpunk, as cyberpunk, I think, lends itself to a nice, good slow burn. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a pixelated art style sometimes, but then in the first person, it also seems a little bit more crisp, which I didn't really care for all the time but um the fact that it's a noodle shop management game also kind of piqued my interest definitely sort of a weird a weird one I, i'm gonna be honest sort of a a weird game when i first start, started to watch the trailer i was like this looks like a like, looks like garbage uh, but then as they kind of said no you're doing this and then you're going around the city figuring things out i was like okay okay this game seems like it might be a little more interesting than I first thought. Um, I would be curious to, to anybody that plays this, I would be curious what they think um, about it because it, uh, and, and where it goes. Uh, I would even take spoilers on, on a game like this because it's uh, it's definitely different and um, I don't really know what to make of it. But anyway, looks looks kind of cool. So yeah, um, and one thing I uh, I didn't write in the docket, but I was semi excited for is the the Apollo Justice uh, Ace Attorney trilogy. Oh yeah, uh, I understand that. Yeah, you know, it gets a release date. So was um, that was that I, for the was that for the no that's TGS or was that for the Switch? 
TGS. Okay. Um, so and it's uh, so they've uh, you've never played any of the Phoenix Wright games, right? No, unfortunately not. Uh, I mean, once again, this goes back to the, my whole like adventure game roots, and yeah, so essentially it's you know just that you know it's a simple you know uh adventure game detective you know story you're an attorney but you gotta go to different locations you're finding clues asking questions um you know simple gameplay i'm the old ace attorney games like you can get to a point where you you get stuck physically like i cannot progress because i failed to pick up the right item or i i forget i for i for didn't ask the one person the one question about the one item I thought I did, but I didn't. <laughs> so you end up going back through each location, talking to everyone. Like it's, you know, those old adventure games kind of have that stuck loop at times. So it's not perfect, but the actual bits were pretty fun. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, Apollo, Apollo Justice was also a super good name. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, but I, I actually, uh, yeah, I own the, the first handful of, um, you know, these Ace Attorney games uh, for the DS. The DS is probably my favorite Nintendo platform uh, after the Super Nintendo. Uh, so that's, I really did like the, you know, because, well, that and the fact that it played uh, Game Boy Advance games. So it kind of, you know, I don't count the Advance in, in itself um, because the original DS and DS Lite, that, I think that's, it peaked at the DS Lite. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I, where I stand. Uh, but totally, if you, you know, if you want a, a simple... It's like I said, they're almost like visual novels because they have like a whole big story arc, you know, a complete. You go by chapters, new each each new case, um, and they're fun. They're they're memorable. Uh, yeah. So uh, when this comes out, uh, it should be all right. It's looking like January, um, the end of January, January twenty fifth of twenty twenty four, and yeah, it should be good times if you want something that's not as serious. And you know, I'm sure it's going to come out on the Switch. Um, it's the Switch and all all last gen consoles, so current consoles should be able to play them too. So yeah, uh, it'll be fine. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad for you. I'm glad for you. I hope you get to play that. I'm not like I said. I want to play them. Whether or not I actually get around to it, who knows? But it's just one of those things that hey, it's it's nice to remaster a lot of these things. Um, you know, to keep them somewhat relevant, or like you know, or else you kind of lost and forgotten about. Uh, especially since uh, some of these things weren't you know like i think some of them came out to steam or whatever but uh certain games you know like trice memory or uh a lot of the you know super mario rpg so like all, all the stuff that's you know essentially the uh late 90s early 2000s they're all coming back <laughs> they're all coming back um all right. all right uh yeah so i guess we can just run through the xbox leak documents stuff there's there's been a bunch of stuff that's been that's come out um who did you say did a really good video breaking it down? Uh, Gamers Nexus. Uh, Gamers Nexus. Highly recommend giving them a watch. Um, and it's they just explain re- going over the documents. There's more than just the. Um, they have quick quick about of the leaked information for the concept of new consoles, but also their uh, forecast. Uh, in these documents, have their forecast for games and things that they want to try to acquire. Uh, Xbox. Uh, the projected release dates, how much money these things are projected to make. And they also, you know, give you a heads up saying, Hey, these things are obviously um, out of date because these are old documents. Uh, And, you know, so they have like projected release date and money uh, earned for Starfield, but Starfield's like 2022 because that was pre before they got pushed back a year. Uh, So obviously that information, you know, 
can t- uh, take it with a grain of salt, but they also talk about projected new uh, releases, uh, sequels, expansions, or new IP. Uh, so that's kind of, uh, you can get a really good synopsis from Gamers Nexus and uh, hopefully try to throw a link in the description. Uh, but yeah, give them, a, give them a shot. But real quick, uh, in case people don't want to watch a whole video on that, uh, what are some of the quick bullet points, Nick? Yeah, some of the more interesting things I saw. There was there's quite a bit that the uh, so this Kotaku article had like eleven things that they thought were interesting. But I thought that uh, Xbox or Microsoft considered considered trying to buy Nintendo. Um, the uh, The article I saw said that they that they considered buying Nintendo, and I was like, eh, let's be a little bit more. Let's be a little bit. Uh, let's give Nintendo a bit more um credit than that considered trying to buy nintendo I, I i find it hard to believe that they would be able to buy nintendo that'd be a very expensive purchase and i'm not sure that nintendo would actually be willing to sell but you never know with the corporate stuff if they throw enough money around that might be possible um another thing three quarters of xbox players had a series s i guess of the new generations that were they're being bought uh had a series s and uh, instead of a Series X, um, but but uh, the Kotaku article was saying that now it's probably a little closer to 50-50, but that uh, that it, that might have been frustrating to Microsoft with so many people buying the um, the lower powered version of their console and having to uh, you know develop for for both. But um, that and then they they didn't think that Baldur's Gate three would be a hit. Um, and so they were kind of expecting it to not really be that big of a deal. And it really, apparently it really was. Um, I know everybody has been talking about it like crazy. Um, and then another one is that uh, the Series X uh, might go all digital in the near future in 2024 or something like that. There's some some plans or some idea that that might happen. Uh, not sure if it actually will, especially now that the, that the news has been leaked. But... Uh, but that was definitely something that seemed to be on the table at one point or another. But overall, I mean, as as much as you don't want a bunch of these documents being leaked to the public, all in all, it seems like it's not that bad. I saw some, saw some people trying to make it like trying to make it kind of bad on Reddit, but I was like, you know, they're a corporation. They're gonna do seedy, dark corporation type stuff. But as far as all that goes, they're really not doing anything that's out of the ordinary or anti-consumer. They just seem like they're trying to make money and trying to do the best by the consumer that they can. So doesn't seem too bad to me, but then again, I haven't read everything. So maybe there's some stuff I missed. Yeah. uh, It's, you know, having uh, gone through or like saw some stuff about the uh, articles, it's pretty interesting. Uh, But once again, yeah, it's, these are old documents for one. <laughs> it's not yeah. like they just stated. So some of these things are uh, you gotta be taking you know time and consideration. Uh, you know, that's Grand not assault. like they're they've gone ahead and uh, they never made a proposition to Nintendo, for example. They were just talking amongst themselves uh, yeah. and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, uh, you know, it's it is what it is. I mean, co- companies want to buy each other out. They, they, the idea of owning. Uh, you know, owning a major corporation. I mean, no one would have thought in the past that Sega would have been, you know, uh, owned by some, or like had made just games. Um, you know, the idea of, hey, 
getting Nintendo would be a big win. But at the same time, you know, we know like Nintendo's never going to budge. They're an old school company. But the, the there's other parts to that aspect. Like, hey, they're um, they're a publicly traded company in Japan. So that means if you can, that's actually a huge deal for you know a lot of companies will buy uh, other companies just for the the fact that they're publicly traded, and that's a foothold into Japan where it's almost impossible for an outside company now to just come in and try to establish themselves uh, in that kind of way. So uh, it's you know there's a lot there's a lot more to it than meets the eye, but you know, it's just interesting, uh, and it's kind of a you know, it's a fun behind the scenes, in my opinion. I find it more really more interesting, like just bust out the popcorn, see how this stuff plays out, and yeah. Uh, yeah, but it speaking is about some weird ass stuff uh, with companies. Um, the one thing I uh, forgot to mention in here was the um, so there was a big roller coaster ride from like two weeks ago to now about Unity. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So the long and short of it was Unity uh, stuck its foot in its mouth and then had to backtrack, and now there's like. <laughs> so there's a, a lack of trust there. But they, what they did is they tried charging. They were going to try to make everyone pay for downloads for um, for game clients. This is going to be a very, very quick uh, synopsis. So uh, please, if you're more interested, look up more <laughs> about this because uh, I'm just going to give you the really quick TLDR. So they were trying to make more money by having, uh, by having people pay per download uh, our installation of their game and there was they weren't very specific in how they were doing it uh they just said or how they were going to count a download so oh. if i download it onto onto my system and then like it's under my steam account i download a unity game and then i download it onto my other computer or if i have a steam deck um each one of those downloads they made it sound like that the uh the publisher is going to have to pay for each one of those uh, of course they came out with a statement, uh, multiple statements afterwards, being like, "Hey, that's not how this is," or "Here's here's here's the uh, clarification." Here's another clarification. Um, long story short, a lot of people were very upset, and a lot of major company or small startups who focus on Unity as their main platform, uh, they're like, "We're making a sequel to our thing. You know, we're gonna have to look for a new." Uh, platform but all of our developers develop for unity so you know that's actually really difficult um and now due to all the ire of all the people and the fans and all this stuff they're like we're sorry we're backpedaling we're we're this ain't happening um you know and that's the moral like the final outcome is like they went back to square one and but now since they've gone through that whole roller coaster people aren't going to trust unity as much uh, people are just waiting for them to pull the corporate move and try to make more money. And, and the way they were, t- they had the tier system for their how much you paid, depending on how much you income you cut. So, you know, if you made over like 200k, then you're going to have, you know, like that's when you have to pay differently and stuff like that. It's um, once again, it was just it was a very shady thing to do. Um, and speaking about public traded companies, Unity is one. Uh, so. Then it's you know you get the argument of well this makes them money and therefore shareholders want to make money mm-hmm. uh, but in the long term how bad is this going to be and so who knows uh, it, it was it's been a weird ride for it though and it was interesting to see all this fallout um, currently everyone's okay at this very moment but deep down we'll yeah. see how many people still stay to unity how many people try to add or try to leave. 
you know, we'll see if there's they try to find a better platform, much like that D and D fiasco not that long ago. Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so it, I mean, they, they will lose some people, um, and they probably will make a in a year or so, whenever things kind of died back down, they will take another step out and um, try to make make money off of this um, in the way that they're that they're initially trying to do. Um, I, I think that uh, what they the main thing they're going to learn from this is just they really need to be very clear um, and concise and simplified about the way that they talk about their pricing. Um, that seemed to be the main the main issue is that they just kind of threw it out there, and that's always a problem, especially when it comes to pricing. It's like you need to be really clear what people are going to be paying, and they didn't do the math and they didn't look at it from the people that actually they're, they're consumers they didn't look at it from their point of view like hey can i can i be you know can i lose my house uh because my game was popular you know like is that a possibility and it's like well by strictly by what we said yeah it kind of is um so if they don't make that mistake again then i mean they're they're good they're a corporation they're they're going to be grabbing for as much dough as possible um in in the near and and uh far term um but as long as they're they're upfront about it um that's really all we can kind of ask for because there are other game engines i actually looked up some of this not too long ago and unity is up there for indie devs um and unreal i think people like more but it's more expensive on the front end could be wrong but there's also several other pretty dang decent um engines out there so you know when you make a game you have a bit of a choice um unity i think probably has the most tutorials probably the easiest easiest to get started in but uh but there's plenty of options out there still so even if they get a little bit predatory or a little bit uh trying to like they're trying to corner people you know there's still plenty of options so that's another thing to think about. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, it was just a uh, all said and done. Like it, you, it's a big circle to go back to square one, and yeah. the only thing gained is a lack of trust. And but the average person wouldn't have paid much attention to it, or they'll forget about it by next week. Yeah. So I already forgot about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, uh, you know, we're gonna wrap it up for today. Uh, we've gone a little bit longer than usual, but that's uh, a lot's happened. So a lot of news. Uh, all right, it's video game season. Yeah. For sure, and then uh, granted, pretty soon all the drops are going to start happening, and that'll keep uh keep people really busy, and that'll be leading into a good uh, holiday season, I think. So there's there's that to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, and thanks for making it out this far, uh, Nick. It's a pleasure having you today, and as always, uh, what are your words of wisdom you have for the people? Um, always remember to brown the beef. Uh, fully uh, because you know there are it's a long thing but like steak you can eat rare but beef you're really not supposed to eat rare uh, because there's certain types of bacteria and that gets mixed up and then it's inside and it's rare and just make sure to brown the beef thoroughly disgusting thank you Nick <laughs> All right. Well, y'all take care. Uh, until next time, take it easy. Bye.